A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. I took a moment yesterday to catch up with Cheryl Zimmerman. Of course, she is the Wisconsin FFA State Executive Director, and she says that this year is one of those years you almost have to pinch yourself. After weathering through the pandemic, 2022 is turning out to be a record breaker, not just at the state convention, but for the state as a whole. Well, we're really excited to be back, and it's growing. I mean, when I was doing registration numbers and looking how many people were actually going to eat meals here, that's when all of a sudden I'm like, 700 people for lunch, 1,000 people for this meal. I'm like, attendance is looking strong. And as we've started out the sessions, the main room is full. I mean, chairs are packed. Uh, It's just, it's wonderful. We were already close to 3,000 at some of our first initial counts. So I think it's going to be a record-breaking convention. And why? You know, I think it's because students are getting back in the, the mode of coming to events and wanting to participate again. You know, the last couple of years with COVID, everything kind of got put on hold. And so I think we're realizing that students appreciate getting together. They appreciate coming to these events. And uh, yeah, we're coming back from COVID. Now, I know there are still some protocol issues that you had to maneuver through. Help people understand that. It's not in your control. Some of it may be county-related still. Others are back at the school board level. Exactly. You know, obviously, we can do the planning on this end. Even when we came back last year, I remember here in Dane County, there was a limit on the number of people that could get together up to June 1st. And so last year, we actually had our convention in July, so we were hoping that more, and and thank goodness, it it was lifted. And so this year, it was kind of nice not having that, you know, to like really worry about. But the challenge we had this year was bringing our convention back to June, because then we kind of lost a month of prep and everything, Ah. and so everything kind of, you know, kind of fell on top of each other. Um, But looking at what's going on here right now, it's awesome. Things are clicking. You know, we're we're pretty much back. Our agri-science fair is back here now, our delegate process, which is... You know, we didn't have the delegates mm-hmm. here virtually or last year, so they're back now conducting the business of the organization, helping to elect state officers, and uh, it's good stuff. And, and you know, though, we've learned some things from COVID, uh, some things that we could do a little different, and it's been actually kind of nice to be incorporating to say, you know, we looked at that different through COVID. What can we do to continue some of those things we tried new? Take me back to the day of service situation because mm-hmm. that yeah. was one that always touched a metropolitan community when the students were in the community volunteering at parks etc what was the challenge there well again it's just again getting out in different areas of the community taking students from all across the state you know just not quite being comfortable yet to just do that Um, but we are our goal is to bring our day of service back Uh, we want to be able to do some more food packaging again Uh, just it was on a tight timeline to get convention ready to go but our goal is is to create those service opportunities here at our convention in the future now let's talk about the kids and stepping into those leadership roles you know I was talking with your president, Ben Steyer, and he said, you know, some of these chapters I'm visiting for the very first time, Mm -hmm. and they're physically visiting with me for the very first time. It's a strange space to be. It really is. You know, as we started coming back this past year with our leadership conferences, I mean, there are students that that was the first leadership conference they've been to, and they're, what, juniors in high school already? Because normally we have a sequence of conferences where they start as, you know, middle school, freshmen, Mm -hmm. and then we realize, you know... (laughs) It's kind of sounds silly, but even in our main sessions, we usually have the kids get up and do tunnels and whatever, and and it's kind of like, oh, they're sitting there. Well, they hadn't been a part of this before. 
before and they didn't kind of know some of those traditions and everything yeah. but um, but we're coming back and and uh, like I said with attendance at the level that we are right now students want to be participating one other thing I want to mention is FFA membership statewide yeah we exploded with membership we are at the highest level of membership ever we're over 23,000 members now we had over a 3,000 member increase where last year with COVID we were back a little bit you know we yeah. tried to back and when we saw membership numbers come in we're like this is awesome we're, we're growing and we're headed in the right direction you know with that being said how are they doing with those teachers you know, it's wonderful to have that enthusiasm from the student body, but boy, we've got a lot of teachers that are overworked out there that are trying to keep it pulled together. Oh, you're right. I mean, last year we had, what, 18, 16, 18 teachers that retired. Yeah. We're having about five or six again this year, yeah. um, and just a lot of turnaround, yep. and you know, we can't have an ag program if we don't have teachers. So right. if there's anybody out there that wants to help and teach agriculture, um, we need teachers. We do still need teachers. So Well, and you, you do encourage alumni, uh, foundation supporters, to think about what they can contribute. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's so important to have all of those adults involved in our organization. Um, you know, if we're going to grow more programs, which is our goal, like today or yesterday, excuse me, at the session, we chartered the new Princeton chapter. Right, yeah. You know, and we want to add more programs. But it's, it's hard because if you don't have a teacher or somebody to, because that's the difference in our organization. We're directly connected with the school system. We need an ag teacher in place to have an FFA. It's not necessarily that, you know, we just have a volunteer that says, oh. okay, we want to start FFA. No, that's where ag education comes from the classroom and then comes FFA. So, yeah, it makes it kind of interesting, but... Uh, you know, the nice thing is, though, is that we do have options for people because if you didn't graduate through the university with a teaching degree, I mean, we do have experience-based right, right. licenses now that you can come right. from the ag industry and say, you know what, I want to work with students, and um, there's that possibility that you can get a teaching license then to come in and help us with the programs that we have. Educate me, Cheryl. You know, we got so accustomed to Zooms oh, as yeah. our means of trying to educate in the classroom. Is that helping us? find new positions for ag educators or is it spreading those already busy ag educators just a little bit farther you know I think it's an interesting perspective because I had a newer teacher tell me about you know for them it's kind of like it's I don't say natural but they're used to that kind of technology and so it's a little easier you know for some of the teachers <laughs> that may be teaching 30 40 years yeah that's a little bit different for me you know I've been in this for over 30 years now too but I found Zoom to be useful so I can connect even more often with my state officers who are all around the state and say, you know what, guys, we need to meet. Let's get on a Zoom and I can see them and talk to them. So, I mean, there are some definite benefits to using Zoom, but there's also those challenges. And, and you know, again, in the classroom, it can be unique, especially in our profession where we're so hands-on. Yeah. You know, I remember my daughter who was actually a student at Iowa State and she was in a welding class. And when COVID hit, everything stopped but she had to learn how to weld virtually <laughs> you know it's just interesting you know to think about she didn't have that hands-on experience but they did it through virtual and uh, she figured it out but I was just again, gonna say how did that turn out what a unique way to have <laughs> yeah. to teach hands-on classes virtually so I think we can take a combination of what we learned through COVID and what we currently do and really enhance the future courses that we teach now let me pivot you brought up daughter I yes. have to I have to let you shine for just a moment how wonderful is it for you and mark to have courtney be such a rock star 
to these young people that are in this audience. Oh, we are so proud of her. Oh I mean, I still remember when she was announced at National Convention and we just flew out of our seats. Yeah. And, you know, she is just having the time of her life traveling around the United States, um, meeting FFA members. You know, she comes home every once in a while, um, but some of her next big adventures, she's heading out to Washington, D.C. for the State Officer Summit. They're going to travel to South Africa in August for their international experience. And, you know, just as a parent, too, to see what FFA can do for a young person to just help them grow and just, I mean, she just is, is doing a great job, and it's fun to see her out on the road. Well, so. we're sure proud that she came back for the state convention, of course. Of course, uh, Courtney Zimmerman, one of our national FFA vice presidents. Now, as if the Zimmerman family hasn't given up enough pounds of flesh for the blue and gold, and then we pivot to your national responsibilities. How in the world did this come about, Cheryl? Were you in line? Did you know it was coming, or did they select you cut out of the clear blue? Well, as far as the national advisor position, oh, back in 2019, uh, the national advisor and the national executive secretary was selected it's a different setup that we used to have because they used to be employees of the United States Department of Education. So we restructured the board somewhat. So those positions now are more of a uh, selected voluntary type position. So Dr. James Woodard was in the position as the advisor and I served as the national executive secretary. So it's kind of like, you know, president, vice president. Well, Dr. Woodard stepped down from his right. position here in May. And so it was kind of natural in terms of my role then to move up into the position of national advisor. So I'm currently serving as the interim national advisor um, as we look at the process going forward to say, okay, how are we selecting the next person for that position and everything. So. But that's kind of a hold right now. It is. Actually, the National Council for Ag Education uh, is looking at the selection process. Mm. But for me, as I talked to National FFA, I had a convention to plan. Once convention's done, then we're going to look forward to see what, what my duties and responsibilities will be. Cheryl Zimmerman, the Wisconsin State FFA Executive Director, and it's not just about the strong numbers at the FFA convention itself. Zimmerman says Wisconsin as a whole broke records with FFA membership this year, surging over 23,000 strong. That's over 3,000 new members just in calendar year 2022. Amazing.